One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, all right. Well, look at your name. Say, get your Bible out. Okay. So it's Wednesday night, Faith Academy. We're always preaching on faith. And so no matter what's going on in your life, you got to know that go back to the Bible. Amen. Go back to the Bible. And, and we've made a pledge that we'll be those people that no matter what everybody else is doing on a Wednesday night, I know it's a commuter town and people get caught up in stuff, but we have a mandate to release the word. That way there could be somebody that needs help and hope Well, they're going to get it because we're going to keep on preaching. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray before we get into this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Um, I want to preach this message tonight entitled No Explanation Needed. No Explanation Needed. And so... Um, we are a people of faith. Amen. A people of faith. So what does that mean? We are people that believe in God, right? We believe in God. You're going to encounter a lot of people in this world, in this life. Um, we, you know, especially now, those of us that are out there going on outreach, we encounter all kinds of people and we're not there to argue. And, and I, I would uh, suggest, suggest this to you. Don't be one that's there to argue with anyone in your life. But just know who you are. Amen. Just know what you believe. Amen. And so we are people of faith. And so we don't just say we have faith. We have faith in God. Amen. Just like Mark eleven twenty two tells us, Jesus said, have faith in God. So you can't just have faith. You got to have faith in God. Let that faith be in God and let it be a genuine faith inside of you. Amen. To where you could live your life as a person of faith. And so when you're a person of faith, that means you trust God. And so when you say, I trust God, what does that mean? I trust God and I trust him and he doesn't have to explain anything to me. Y'all in here with me. I trust him and he does not have to explain anything to me. And so just like imagine like you're trusting people, let's say transportation. You're riding with someone. If you trust them, you don't have, they don't have to explain anything to you. Amen. If you don't trust them, then they're trying to give you a play by play. Well, how I many know they can't pay attention to the road and you. And so you might need to ride with someone else. Because you need to be in a situation where you can just trust God. Well, a lot of times I'm saying trust God. But even if you're riding with somebody, just just learn that. I don't need an explanation. Well, unfortunately, a lot of God's people are waiting on explanations or if it doesn't make sense, they don't want to do it or they're hesitating or they're, you know, the oh, God, this annoys me to preach this stuff. But people, a lot of times they, they make these excuses and they say, well, how come you haven't done this or that yet? Oh, I'm just still praying on it. Well, no, no. I believe God already gave you the answer. You're not doing it because... You still wait on an explanation. And oftentimes it's not what we want to do. 
And so, but if we learn this about God, God's not going to explain anything to us, and he doesn't have to. So if you're a person of faith, you ought to be able to be one that says, Lord, I trust you no matter what. I, you know what, Lord, there's been a lot of things in my life that have happened, and man, I didn't even understand why they happened, and I, I, uh, they were difficult, and you know, come on, you, you guys ever been guilty of complaining? Anybody up in here? Lord, I'm just, you know, I have to just repent because I was complaining and I was upset and I didn't know why this or that happened. Um, but I still trust you. Amen. Amen. And so let's go to Luke. Luke 22. We'll look at verses 39 through 43. If you can learn to accept this in your life, you're going to have greater victories and you won't cut yourself out of God's best because when people don't do things God's way, they don't get what God has to offer. That's just the way that works. And so, and we know this is speaking of Jesus when he went to the garden of Gethsemane and he's getting ready to take on some things that we may look at it as like, well, he could do that because he was Jesus, but he was in human form at this time. And he had never been separated from the father at all. And he was about to endure, not the pain, but it was more about him being separated from God. God, the father turning his back on him. And so, uh, and he came out and went as he went to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Stop right there. He's preparing them. You guys need to pray because you're not going to be able to depend on your ability when this stuff kicks off. You're not going to be able to depend on anything that you know. And so he's telling them to pray. Next verse. And when he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast uh, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, If thou be willing, you see this? Now, I want you to understand this. A lot of times people get confused about the will of God and things like that. So the will of God is always perfect and it's revealed in his word. And it may be different than the will of man. Well, when you pray, sometimes God wants you to do something that's difficult for you to do. But then you have your own will and then there's God's will. Now, are you willing to put your will down? Y'all in here with me? See, because sometimes God will say stuff like, well, I need you to go apologize to that person uh, for that argument you got into. And you say, well, but uh, God, they were wrong. He does not explain to you that I need you to apologize even though they're wrong. He doesn't say it. He just says apologize to them. And you know your only answer, the only right answer is yes, Lord. I will do whatever you say. Amen? Uh, God will have you be nice to people that are mean to you. But then you say, but that doesn't make any sense. But God doesn't have time to get into making sense to you. He knows what's ahead. And so this is what Jesus said. He said, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. But look what he says right away. You see what he says right after this? Huh? He says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen? 
So he says, nevertheless. So I'm going to put down. Now, what, what I like about this is sometimes we think Jesus was like, you know, superhuman or something like that. How I many of you would have said the same thing? Oh, excuse me, Father. <laughs> Just wanted to talk to you real quick. Uh, <laughs> if there's another way we can do this. Now, we, this is helping us to understand that Jesus had fully take on, taken on the flesh. Because if he were in his glorified state or his, you know, he was still walking in his glory, he would have never asked the Father a question because he would have already known. And so this lets it be known that he was going to have to deal with something that was going to be challenging for him. But he says, if there's another way, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, verse 43, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. So wait a minute, what's going on? And so he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So he had a steadfast allegiance. That's how you have to be. As a person of faith, if you say you're a person of faith, that doesn't mean you're a person that can believe for a big house. Come on. That, that's a part of faith, but that's not, that doesn't define faith. A lot of, there's a lot of faith preachers that are only preaching about you getting something, but they're not preaching about your obedience. And so it takes faith. You know what? That faith is going to cause you to obey God no matter what, because you say, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Whatever my God tells me to do, if he tells me to jump off this, uh, you know, this hill over here, I'm going to do it. Because everything he tells me is right. Now that's where faith comes in. See, faith is not, oh, I believe I receive Okay, that's fine, but do you obey? And your faith is supposed to be placed in God. Amen? And so now you can advance and you can get some great things, but my point is we have such an emphasis that we need to put on God and we have to be willing to just, just I mean, I mean, absolutely bow. Any, any of you ever been accused of being stubborn? But do you understand? You can't be stubborn with God. You know, you, you, you might be stubborn with your spouse or stubborn with other people, but that's, God doesn't fit in that category where we're even allowed to do that. Amen? And so when Jesus decided... Now, really quick, just back up to verse 42 again. I want to point out something. He says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Stop right there. Now he asked, Father, if thou be willing. And then he made a request. But did he get an answer? Do you guys see an answer in there? Did, did the father even tell them, no, I'm not going to do it? He didn't get no answer. But what he did is he immediately, come on church. He immediately submitted himself to the sovereignty of God and to the, the perfect will of God. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And then he, immediately after that, verse 43, he, he, and, 
and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven. What was he doing? Strengthening him to do what? Huh? To obey. See, you will always get the help you need. Come on, somebody. Uh, you can say, God, this is hard, but I'm going to do it. And then guess what? He'll release help from heaven. Come on. To help you do what you're supposed to do. But the problem is, is people miss that part. They're asking for help without obeying. So they're asking God, can you help me get through this? But they have not done what he said. So when you submit yourself and you say, nevertheless, I I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. This don't make no sense to me. These people are wrong. But I bow. Then you get help from heaven. And what is that help going to do? Just like the angel was sent to Jesus and the angel strengthened him so that he can go through with it. So you're always going to have the help you need if you be willing to just submit. Now, Jesus didn't get an answer and he did not get an explanation. No explanation. So sometimes we want to know why. God says, do something. We want to know why. Hmm. Buddy, I I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys are in a different category than me. But I never get an answer to why. When, you know, if I'm, I'm asking God, trying to ask questions and stuff, I don't get, I just get instructions. Do this. Well, you know, Lord, I was thinking, this is not about what you're thinking. Do this. I'm not going to tell you again. That's, you, do you guys get some different conversation with God? Maybe he's just a little strict on me. I don't get all this wavering time you know he don't he don't play with me I've, I've i've seemed like there's some people that have options in terms of their obedience but i didn't get those options he doesn't give me any options he's just obey me you know what i mean there's a lot of people waiting on revelation you know what i'm saying i'm waiting on revelation yeah i'm just gonna wait on revelation before i get god is like wait on revelation i told you what to do and I confirmed it because, you know, God will give you confirmation. Right. So a lot of times I'll be in here preaching and, and I'll tell you something. And, you know, that was God talking to you. Yeah. Then but you you still hard headed and you say, oh, I don't know. And then you just randomly turn on the TV and that that guy saying the same thing. The next thing you know, you just decide you're going to read your Bible and you just happen to go to it and it's saying the same thing. So it's God, right? And so what we want to do is, is so that we can get things done faster in our lives, we just want to go ahead and obey God right away. And so no explanations given here for Jesus. Surely we're not getting explanation. You, you understand that? If Jesus didn't get any explanation, you're not getting any. And so it'd be better for you to not waste any time waiting for God to make things crystal clear to you. Amen. And so God doesn't need to explain because his way is always right. Now, if I said that I'm a person of faith, that means I put my faith in God. Who is God is my master. I trust him with my entire life. That's a statement. And we could say that, but then do we live that way? 
Do we live that way all the time? And so that's a question that we have to ask ourselves. And then if I understand it, I say, okay, God doesn't need to explain anything because his way is always right. You know, people that start explaining, they are not certain about their stance. So imagine this. If you are a good parent, you never negotiated with your kids. Oh, see, now I'm going to start stepping on these parents' toes. That this new modern parenting, I don't know what's going on. Kids have so many options and so many, uh, so much input. It's like, gosh, you have a lot of input, but it doesn't seem like you're inputting any cash into uh, our needs here in the home and what we're doing. But you have a lot of say and a lot of input. Amen. That, like, when I was growing up, only adults had some say and input. We didn't have any input. Amen? And so, but if you think about it, when you say what you're going to do, and you start trying to explain it, now you're wavering. And that's why even in business, good leaders, they don't waste their time explaining They just say what's going to happen and they go forward with it. And then you have people who follow them or people who do not. So imagine that. If you've ever worked for a company, uh, I've worked for some some different places, but uh, I've even worked in a, a, a situation in my life where I was in business and I had the opportunity to sit down in meetings next to the president of the company. But we had, I was on this thing called a leadership advisory board. So I was able to give some input, but we were able to give input on what topics we were told to give input on. (laughs) Y'all in here with me. I was not able to question him about other things. Like, why did our commissions get cut? (laughs) That was not up for discussion. Amen. But, you know, you had no problem respecting that person because you understand their position. Well, how many of y'all know God holds a higher position than any person on planet earth? And so all we are to do is simply bow. We cannot ask him to explain anything to us. We just got to do it. We got to simply obey because we know that his way is right. Go to Psalm 37, 23, Psalm 37, 23. And then what I'm supposed to be doing as your pastor is telling you what he said. That way you obey it. Just like I say, you know, we're a church that believes you're supposed to come to church, right? Well, we only say that because it's in the Bible, right? Hebrews 10, 25, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. A lot of our people say, well, I made it on Sunday, Pastor. <laughs> okay, well, praise the Lord. But, but this is something we're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's my job to say it. Well, someone could say, I don't have to go to church just because Pastor Troy said we're supposed to go to church. But I'm not saying it because it's my opinion. I'm saying it because it's the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so that's what we're supposed to do. And so he says here, Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. So what does order mean to you guys? Does it say anything like 
the steps of a good man are suggested by the Lord. The Lord said, you know, I, I would recommend, I mean, no, people can give recommendations. People give recommendations, that's okay. But God does not give recommendations. He gives orders. Amen. And so the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, not suggested. And so I want to be a person that's living in my life to where God says it and I do it. God says it and I do it. I don't have to uh, go find someone to give me greater understanding. No, I know what he said. And I want to be one that does it. And if you're a person of faith, you trust him. So no matter what, you know that he's going to work it out for you. But if you don't obey, then you don't get the help. And so we find ourselves getting in trouble and going down roads that we don't need to go down. And so he orders those steps. Go to Psalm 32, 8, Psalm 32, 8. So he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way in which thou shalt go. And so he will instruct us and teach us. So it's basically he's he's making it clear so that now you know what he's telling you to do. And so he's given us instruction. And so it's like when you're teaching your kids to drive a car, you know, you show them certain things, right? Well, you don't have time to explain every detail. So what if they said, well, why do I have to look in the mirror? Why do I have to pay attention to my rear view mirror or my side mirror? Why do I have to do that? If my kids would have said that, Driving lesson over. Get out. Amen? Because I don't have time. Well, why do I have to stop at a red light? What? You just have to stop. That's just, you know, you don't have time to be giving them no explanation for stuff. Well, and that's the way it is with God. He will instruct you and teach you and he will guide you with his eye. But if you're going to be a stubborn person, uh, y'all, all you got to do is look at what happened to the children of Israel. What happened to them? Oh, they wanted explanations. Oh, they decided they didn't like the way God was doing things. They, they didn't like the fact that, uh, oh man, now we're out here and well, you just bought us out here to die. Well, if he wanted them to die, why didn't he just leave them in Egypt? But they got themselves in trouble because they did not understand God's ways. And that's why we're given a stiff warning in Proverbs 3, 5, that we're to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. We cannot depend on it because it's not adequate. Your understanding is not adequate to be able to Use that to determine whether or not you're obeying God. Amen? And so there are three ways of doing things. Your way, the devil's way, and God's way. And this is pretty much everything you have that you're dealing with in your life. Three ways of doing it. It's going to be your way. And that's, a lot of people get stuck right there. It's their way. So why did you, you know, well, they, they felt. And so what happens is the devil knows how to go ahead and work with you. You know, you didn't know you, uh, you didn't know you're partnering with the devil. 
See, when you disobey God, you just entered into a partnership with the devil. And so what does he do? He comes along and explains it to you. Well, see, see, the devil will give explanations, but God won't. So the devil will tell you, you know, the reason you should still be mad at her is because. Now you remember what she said. Remember how that happened. This is why. And then, you know, he has you going. And so so people are doing things that are displeasing to God. But they don't even know that they're partnering with the enemy. So there are three ways of doing things. Your way, the devil's way and God's way. And go to Proverbs 14, 12, Proverbs 14, 12. So there is a way which seems right unto a man. Have you guys ever been in that place in your life? Well, you pretty much, well, it seems, huh, you know, seems like, I mean, come on. I, that's how we go to church, man. We want to be helped by God. We, listen, if we were all these perfect robots, we wouldn't need church. I mean, if you just knew how to go out and just do everything right and, and never make a mistake, you don't, you don't need to come to church. You don't need God's help. But we're, um, we're not that. And so we have to get these reminders. For there is a way which seems right unto a man. There have been plenty of times in my life where I was thinking that this is what I'm going to do. And I was almost certain that this was the thing to do. But, you know, I thank God that he didn't allow me to do some of the things that I thought I needed to do. Because there is a way which seems right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of what? end are the ways of death that, that it doesn't say like the end of the ways are going to cost you big and you're going to learn some hard lessons that's not severe enough so you have to understand that if i don't obey god it could cost me my life and so there's a way which seems right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death and so we don't want to go in a way that seems right because I don't want the consequences that can come from that. And so we know pride goes before a fall, right? And we'll touch on the scripture in a minute, but pride goes before a fall. Well, humility goes before promotion. Come on, you need to understand that pride goes before a fall. So those pride, those proud people that are so just stubborn and all that, They're heading for a fall. But that person that can humble themselves, that person that can humble themselves, that person that does not have to argue with you or prove you, uh, make you like them or anything, you say, I don't know, God. Come on, y'all. There are people that got to kick and scratch and fight for stuff. And then there are those who can step back and say, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. Oh, how come you're not upset because you didn't get that promotion? I'm just going to step back and... Because promotion does not come, come on, from the east or the west. It comes from God. God is the one that puts up one. Come on. Ah. Can you give me that scripture real quick? Proverbs 75, I think it is. Excuse me, Psalm 75. That's just a bonus one, but I want to get that out. Psalm 75. Um Let's see, if anybody finds it, just say it. But six, I found it. (laughs) Psalm 75, six. 
For a promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. Next verse. Um, in verse 7, is going to tell us, uh, but God is the judge. Y'all see that? But God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. So what does that mean to you? See, promotion doesn't come from what man can do for me. God is the one who decides when I get promoted. Amen. And when God decides when I get promoted, nothing, there's no man that can stop that. And it's going to be good. Amen. It's going to be a blessing with no sorrow added. Sometimes you want to get into something and it's not your timing. It ain't going to be good for you. But when you are able to say, I'm, I'm going up because God says so. God promoted me. It's my time. Well, pride goes before a fall, but humility goes before promotion. So I got to be willing to humble myself. And let God lift me up. Amen. Did we look at go to Proverbs 16, 18? Did I look at that one already? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that one, that one says, yeah, pride goes before destruction. See that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. That's just people demanding their way and, and they know it all and all this stuff. You can't be like that. Now go to 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. So remember, humility is going to go before your promotion. So you can't get promoted if you don't humble yourself. So therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation. And so it's okay to have self-confidence, but it's not okay to be prideful to where now you think you know everything and now you're so out there that you're not even dependent on God. Do you know that you're supposed to be dependent on God for the very air you breathe? Isn't it something that we're to depend on God for something we don't think about? How many of you guys think about breathing? You just do it. But yet you ought to remind yourself, oh, I'm breathing. And so a good thing to put into practice is when you get ready to start complaining. I'm going to help you with this. Complaining is a sign of pride. Come on. Complaining is a sign of pride. So if I start to complain about anything, that is pride trying to come up and lead me in the wrong direction. So if I humble myself, I'm going to trust God and I'll be able to do, I'll be able to obey the word. Philippians 2, I think 12 but do all things without murmuring and disputing and all that type of stuff. Fault finding, complaining, do everything. I can do everything without complaining. And then I can know that God's got the, I don't want my uh, suggestion or my solution. I want God's. I don't want to get into something that I push my way into or I worked out this or that. I want what God has. And God is only going to do that for me if I am humble. Because God is not going to get in no discussions with me about who's got all the power. And he's not going to ask me, well, I would like you to do this. Um, Would you like me to come back in two weeks after I give you time to meditate on that? God never gives people time to meditate on nothing. He says, do it. You better do it. That's it. 
If, if, and, and see, the thing is, is we have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's always going to give you confirmation. Most people that are uncertain as to what the will of God is, if they would be honest with themselves, they have a, a self-desire inside there somewhere. And they haven't come to the end of themselves or where they're willing to do like Jesus and say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so a lot of times God will have you do stuff and you know, you know, it's right. You know, it's God when you have peace. Now, let me help you with this. You can have peace about something without having understanding of it. Did you get that? You can have peace about something without having understanding. How does it make any sense? Like I, somebody can ask you, like, what are you going to do? And you say this, and they say, you don't, but that doesn't make any sense. You don't even have any knowledge in that area. You've never been there before. You know, yeah, but I have so much peace. Why do you have peace? God told me to do it. Amen. And that's all you need. Now, you can also have all the facts and all the data and all the information and still not have peace. Say, wait a minute, man. I've researched this out. I've checked and double checked. I double checked on this job. I looked at the company. I looked at this. I looked underneath this. Got any peace? No. (laughs) Because information doesn't bring peace. Only God's direction is going to bring you peace. Amen. I've done plenty of things that I had no understanding of, but I knew that's what God said to do. So that's all you want to do is be in that place in your life where you're able to humble yourself enough to just let God have his way. And so therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God. Now, as we're looking at this scripture, this demote, lower yourself in your own estimation. This is not just, you know, to where people take this too far. I'm nothing. I'm not worthy of this. I'm, that's not what this is talking about. This is under God's hand. This is not that false humility that's going on in our world today. Where you got some Christians that they just, they don't even, you know, they don't even feel worthy to say, God bless you. You know, that's too far the other way. But this is, I'm lowering myself in my own estimation, but it's under the mighty hand of God. That's what we have to make sure we're doing. That in due time, he may exalt you. And so there's a perfect time where he will exalt you. Now, you have to understand this humility and you have to be willing to, to just go ahead and let that humility flow. Humility facilitates faith. So what does that mean? That humility is actually going to allow your faith to work. Your faith can't work if you're not humble. Prideful people cannot walk by faith. I'm telling you right now. Prideful people cannot walk by faith. Stubborn people, if you got these character traits in you, you need to repent of those and ask God to remove them. I used to be a very prideful person. I used to be a very stubborn person. Well, that, uh, yeah, I'm prideful, I'm stubborn, and all that, I'm hard-headed, but I walk by faith. Yeah, right. You're walking by faith in yourself. 
You, you have faith in your own ability. You have faith in your agenda and what you want. When I was like that, I didn't want to hear what nobody else had to say. Because I had faith in me and my way. Now, I would be a hypocrite to then go say, I have faith in God. No. And so, you have to understand humility to where I'm bowing before him to where he knows everything and I know nothing. I have, listen, no matter how much you learn in this life, I, ha- I have run into so many people that they, they come to God in desperation. But when they're no longer desperate, then all of a sudden they, they don't need God. But wait, but you needed him when you didn't have no job. Come on, somebody. When you didn't have no friends, you needed God. But now you didn't got a little job and he didn't work this out for you, work that out. And now what you, you haven't prayed. What? What do you mean you didn't pray? You was praying every day before. But why? See, they weren't truly dependent. They weren't truly humble because I don't care if I got a million dollars in my pocket, which that would be a lot right now. You know, these pants would be fitting too good, but I'm just saying that would be pretty cool. I'll take that challenge and fit that million. Can you fit a million in your pocket? You'd be borrowing pockets from people, amen. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what you got. You could have, I mean, I'm talking about, you could just have all the money you could think of, all the, you still have to be humbly dependent on God. You still have to be one that says, I am nothing. If God removes his hand off of my life, it's over for me. Now, you will live with a sense of urgency. So you're not going to become more dependent on God because you're going through a trial. You should be dependent on God when you're on the mountaintop. Come on. When everything is going great, you ought to still have the same humility to where I'm just as dependent on God as I was when I had nothing. Amen. But people get themselves in trouble because God That's why some that's why God does not allow some people to prosper. It's for their own good. Because he knows that when they start to prosper. The first one that will be forgotten about is him. And he knows that when they forget about him, it won't be long for the enemy to take them out. So for their own good. They don't get to prosper. What a what a shame. But if we think about it, the things that we are so comfortable about, you know, there have been some people, man, some some wealthy people. They were uh, prideful. They were stubborn because unfortunately, when you got a lot of money, that money brings power. And, And so you're able to say some things, get away from get away with some things. But then there's been people that whose abilities have been taken from them and their money could not do anything for them. Their money could not get them up off that sick bed. It doesn't matter how much money they have. They can't walk again. You know what I mean? I mean, there's been so many people. I mean, I'm talking about genius level people. Remember that that Stephen Hawkins, 
This this man was brilliant. He didn't want to bow to God, though. And though his physical ability was taken from him and he still lived. There was but there was nothing in his brain that he had that can get him up out that chair. There was nothing in his brain that he had that can uh, cause him to talk again. Amen. And so what we've got to understand is we serve a sovereign God. I mean, let's be a people that are convinced of that. I'm not worried about nothing because my God is in control and he knows everything. And so he one one person he does not have to argue with is me. That's what you need to, you know, resolve within yourself. I'm, I'm not going to be one that's arguing with God. And so prideful people can't walk by faith because it requires them to depend on someone other than themselves. Here's another thing. Prideful people tend to talk about themselves and their own accomplishments. Amen. Well, I've and I've and I got this and I got that and I've done this and I've done that. And oh, we know who you love. (laughs) Yourself. Amen. But somebody that's humble, they're going to quickly give glory to God. And it's okay. You could take compliments, but it's like, oh, glory to God. I just want to thank God, you know, for giving me the opportunity or, you know, allowing me to do this or that. Um, And so prideful people can't walk by faith. So we know they're dependent on themselves, but also prideful people, they're the ones that need an explanation. Prideful people need an explanation. And that can get you in big trouble. I'm just telling you right now, that can get you in big trouble. You, you could be sitting in front of an executive and you can get to asking too many questions. Amen? And it might cost you a promotion. It may cost you some opportunities. While with God, it could cost you everything. And so let's understand, he knows what he's doing. Go to Psalm 18, verse 30. Psalm 18, verse 30. Psalm 18, verse 30, he says, as for God, his way is what? What's perfect mean? Man, it doesn't need to be fixed. You know, you you can't be going to God somehow, God, you should have did it this way. Now, if you had done it this way, it would have worked out better. He don't make any mistakes. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. Now, this is how we find out what he wants. What is his way? How are his ways revealed? The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. So if you trust him, he's going to protect you. He's going to keep you. Amen. Come on. He's going to always be there for you. But you've got to be one that says, man, I trust God. I trust God. And I don't need no explanation. God doesn't have to explain anything to me. I'm just going to do it. Why? Because God said so. Amen. I'm telling you, this is this is powerful. And 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 we understand God is a God of order. And he does things decently in an order. And so we've been we've been blessed in this church. I have some good leadership. But, you know, Pastor D always uh, he always makes me laugh when when he says stuff like this. But he knows 
that when I when I tell him I need something, he knows it's all he knows it's like right now (laughs) because there's not a lot of warning. But you know what's good about that? He's a person of order. So he just says, yes, sir, whatever you need, pastor. Now, isn't that awesome when you can just do something without somebody having to explain that to you? Now, imagine how that's going to make my life if I got people, if I say, hey, uh, brother, I need you to do offering right now. And they said, well, well, what's going on? I mean, I just I, I don't. I mean, what? Huh? What? I mean, I, I couldn't give you this couldn't give me any warning or anything like that. Amen. You know how many questions I asked my pastor? None. <laughs> I said, what time? <laughs> That's about it. What time? Okay, let me confirm my schedule. <laughs> Basically, I'm moving something out of the way. (laughs) But that's beneficial to all of us because it's going to be for our good. And so if you trust God like that, he's not going to bring anything bad to you. It's going to be good. And you want to be in that flow where you're getting God's best. Let's go over to Ecclesiastes. uh, Ecclesiastes 3. We'll look at 14. So he says, I've also concluded that whatever God does, y'all see this? We're looking in the message translation. I've also concluded that whatever God does, that's the way it's going to be. Always. No addition, no subtraction. God's done it and that's it. And that's so we'll quit asking questions. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, stop asking all these questions, man. Just, hey, man, just, you know what I'm saying? Just do it. I mean, nobody got time to explain nothing to you. He says, that's so we'll quit asking questions and simply worship in holy fear. Well, if I worship in holy fear, that means I reverence God. See, that, that fear right there, that is a reverence for God, and that is me recognizing that he is God. He is the one that knows everything, and I'm going to just do whatever he says. And he will help us, and he will always instruct us, and he will always show us that path that we're supposed to take. But we have to be those people that are willing to obey him, and let's do it without a need for explanation. Let's just simply do it. Okay, Lord, the only answer I got in me is yes. Amen? And, and you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? Come on. We're, we're not know-it-alls, but we, we didn't know what to do. Well, let, let me close. We're going to close early tonight, it looks like, but go to really quick Psalm 111. We'll close over here. Psalm 111 and verse 10. I didn't, this is an extra one. But so you're ever in a situation where you don't know what to do. Um, Oh, yeah, you can put that in the uh, King James, please. Thank you. God is going to help you, but you got to you got to know how he does it. He says the fear of the Lord. Y'all see that is the beginning of wisdom. And so I become wise when I fear God. And so I have an awe. I have a reverence for God. And so before any wisdom can be released unto me, I've got to fear God. I've got to know that he's my master. 
First of all, let me get that straight, Lord. Before I even ask you anything, I just want to let you know I know who I am and I know who you are. Amen. I know right now you're my master. You're my maker. Matter of fact, God, I didn't even come up in here with my prayers to instruct you on anything. You know, you got no advice for God. Do you guys know that? Are you aware of the fact that you have zero advice for God? And so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. And so if I just and and his praise endures forever. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just praise God. I'm going to praise him because he's worthy to be praised. I'm going to praise him not because of what he has done for me. I'm going to praise him because of who he is. Because of the fact that, man, it's a a privilege that I'm able to even be in his presence. I mean, you think about amazing grace and and where you used to be. And you think, man. I'm just uh, giving you all just one one more extra scripture. That way we don't get out too early. Somebody thinks something's going on. It must be a new trend or something. No, I, I know how Wednesdays are. And uh, I do want to try to get us, start getting us out early if possible. But um, Let's go to uh, the same uh, Psalm 111 and let's look at verse 1. Verse 1 and then, yeah, verse 1. Yeah, verse 1 through 2. That's good. The King James is fine. But this is what we can do. So what you're going to do after leaving this? Just praise the Lord. Prideful people don't praise God because they don't, they, he, they, they still got God on some type of a test list or something. God's got to do this now. God come, no. Those of us that are humble, we say, God, I'm just going to praise him because he's God. Not because of anything he's done for me, just because he's God. Praise you, the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great. Y'all see that? See, what God does is not going to be good. It's great. It's perfect. There's no better way it could have happened. The works of the Lord are great. Sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. And so I'm going to be one that praises God. I'm going to be one that trusts God. I'm going to be one that does not give God a bunch of excuses. Come on, somebody. Look at your name and say, get rid of all your excuses and just do what God said. Don't be waiting on God to give you an explanation. He's not giving it. I'm just, you know, that's not what wait on the Lord means. When he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, wait on the Lord. That does not mean wait for him to explain it to you. Amen. So wait on the Lord means I'm just going to trust God. And whenever his timing is, that's when it's going to happen. Amen. And so we're going to wait on the Lord. And then also what you can do is be still and know that he is God. See, God's got you. God's got every detail of your life. He's already got it worked out, but he's given you an opportunity, especially after a message like today. To do like Jesus did. Now, aren't we glad that we don't have such a challenge placed on us that Jesus had on him? To where he's going to take on the sin of the world. We don't have that. So if Jesus was able to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Surely we can do that. Surely we can say, oh, no, Lord, 
There won't be no complaining from me today. Oh, no, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to magnify you. Oh, it doesn't matter what's happening, right or wrong, or what I think about it. You're still God. You're still on the throne. And all power belongs to you. Amen? Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Praise God. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you and honor you for who you are. We thank you that we get a chance to even say the name of Jesus. We thank you that we get a chance to even just lift our hands in awe of you and that you would look upon us and that you would comfort us and embrace us. We thank you for that. I'm praying right now, maybe you're uh, listening right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord. We want to invite you into this family. This family is the greatest family that you can ever become a part of. And all you have to do is just say yes to Jesus. Jesus stands at the door and he knocks and he says, if anyone would open up, he'd come in and dine with them. He'll come in and he will reveal himself to you. But you must let him in. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. Go ahead and clap for the Lord. Clap for souls.